Hey folks, you're listening to the Accessible Hunter podcast. I'm Greg Trainer, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hey folks, today's guest is Dan Ferraro from No Excuse Hunting, and we also have Mike Hudson again with us from Roar. Um, Dan, uh, Mike, are you guys there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Doing, doing great. Uh, I want to thank both of you for, for joining me today. Mike, uh, it's so, so nice that you're back on with us, and uh, hopefully we can all make this a regular thing, talking to people around the country. Um, I just want to say, you know, from the get-go that we're not professionals at this. This is our only, only our second podcast, but we're trying to do our best. Uh, so thanks so much, guys, for doing this. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, Dan, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I, I know that you're from Arizona, and why don't you uh, give us a little bit of your background and where people can find you at? Yes, sir. Well, my name is Dan Ferraro. I have an organization I'm starting up called No Excuse Hunting. Uh, and it's an organization that helps folks with disabilities get out, hunt, fish, enjoy the outdoors. Uh, I lost my eyesight uh, a couple of years ago in a car wreck, so yes, I am a blind hunter. I know that sounds like an introduction to some kind of 12-step program, and I guess it is. I'm kind of addicted to hunting in the outdoors. <laughs> I think Mike and I both have that uh, same addiction, huh, Mike? Yeah, it, you had me chuckling as soon as you said it, because, you know, it's just the way it is. Nothing's going to stop us from going. No, sir. No, I mean, it, the worst thing to do is just sit around and think about it, don't it? It's got to find a way to get out and do things. We can still do everything. We just got to do it differently. Exactly. It's kind of funny, Dan and I were talking before the show about maybe a hunting opportunity, and um, so many people helped me along the way that it would be nice to, to kind of work with Dan and uh, maybe be his eyes, and, and he could be my uh, trigger finger uh, on, on, on a hunt, something like that. Uh, all three of us working together probably make up uh, one heck of a hunter, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Frankenstein hunter. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh what what yeah. was what was your rehabilitation like? Uh, like Mike and I went to Shepherd Center. It was a specialty spinal cord injury hospital. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like after your accident and kind of you know what the rehabilitation sure. process you went through? Yeah, when I when I was discharged uh, from one hospital, I was sent to a rehab hospital, um, and I had a lot of broken bones that I was waiting to get healed up and. Uh, so I took care of my physical stuff, but there really wasn't much there to learn about being blind. And the insurance company wanted to immediately send me to the school in Colorado. But I figured, you know, no, I'm, I've been in the hospital for two months now. I, I don't want to be in the hospital. I don't want to be away from home any longer. So I, I went home, and then later I started up at a school here in Arizona called Savvy, uh, South Southwestern Association of Visually Impaired. And they basically taught me how to be blind. Uh, with with their uh, help, you know, I learned technology. I'm using an iPhone. I've got my laptop computer using JAWS, uh, things like that. And they gave me the courage and confidence to get out and do stuff on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm back to work uh, part-time. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But as far as, you know, when I first got out of the hospital, yeah, there really wasn't a whole lot of... Uh, um, uh, ways to learn how to be blind. I, I did go to one school here in Phoenix, and uh, in the very beginning, 
and they asked me if I had one of those blind canes. And I really don't know why they call it a blind cane. It's really a, it's 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 really more of a stick with a knob on the end of it. Um, but uh, I said no, and they they handed me a stick, and I asked them. I said, "Well, I thought I was supposed to get training on this." And they said, "No, nah, go home and watch YouTube." And so go home said, and watch YouTube. Yeah, so that was kind of my extent of you know my very early training. Um, you know, I kind of. What I did on my own, though, is I grabbed the broom handle and went walking up and down the street with that. Um, and my wife and mother told me that that was not a good idea to do. Uh, I, so I, I, I think it was a good alternative to probably the $3,000 uh, specialty cane that a durable medical equipment supplier would, would charge you for the broomstick, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. Except, you know, I did get lost. <laughs> that, that was an adventure in its own. Oh, wow. Wow, but, wow. Know, after, after that, though, you know, with the with the training I got from Savvy, um, you know, I I kind of started off. I got more confidence. I started doing things on my own. Now, I you know, I call Lyft and get a ride to wherever I want to go. Um, pretty much do whatever I want. I just need somebody to help me out sometimes when I get there. And most places are real helpful about it. Huh. We we're um, we're we're always relying on on the kindness of strangers. It seems like. Uh, you know, in, in uh, our day-to-day routine. And I went back to school and, and got my master's uh, in rehabilitation counseling from the University of Pittsburgh. And I had an opportunity to do an internship with uh, Pittsburgh Vision. And I got to learn a lot about JAWS and screen readers. And uh, it can be challenging at times, but technology definitely has, has come a long way. Um, is is a person... Go ahead, Dan, I'm sorry. Well, I was say, yeah, you know, I think with... The... If, if you're going to have a disability, I guess, not that anybody wants one, but now's the time to have it. Technology is there to help with everything. Like for me, particularly visually impaired, you know, I still go to movies because uh, I have audio description. I get books on, I get audio books. Uh, I'm not real good at Braille, but I can use my laptop. Uh, yeah, I, I think things are great. And, you know, you touched on something there, too. There, I think there's more people that are willing to help and actively seek out helping than not um and uh, that's great especially you know for guys like us you know we want to get out in the woods well there's all kinds of organizations that help out and i i think it's great well and, and you and you and mike are both uh you know living examples of organizations that you're you're for disabilities by disabilities everything about it because you both have started nonprofits. Yeah, so, yeah, I my, think my, I haven't achieved the nonprofit status yet, but that is in the works. Um, through my organization, so this will be the fourth year I'm doing it. But I, I put on an expo at Bash Pro Shop every year. Um, it's this year. It's a no excuse hunting and NWTF AZ Wheel and Sportsman Outdoors Expo. That's a mm-hmm. long title, but it's a it's a pretty good event. Um, I, I have it's a regular outdoors expo. But I have things there for folks with disabilities. Um, I'm going to have Terrain Hopper there who makes these really cool off-road. I don't want to call it a wheelchair because it's not really a wheelchair. It kind of reminds me more of a cross between a quad and a wheelchair. Um, It's got off-road motorcycle tires. Um, Then I've got um, track chairs going to be there, different organizations. Um, there's even yeah. a company now that has auto levelers now for track chairs that's going to be there. 
Uh, and then, of course, there's regular stuff. I've got um, Tacticam is going to be there. Um, but I, I, I don't want to get... I don't want to get ahead of uh, yourself on, on Tacticam because, oh, oh, no, no, that's uh, your, your main technology, right? Uh, if, if, yes. if we're talking yes. about uh, equipment and things, because uh, I'm sure a lot of people are curious about, you know, how you hunt and, and uh, the, whole, the whole process. Um, who, who actually got you back into hunting after your, your accident, uh, Dan? Well, my buddy Brian Nichols and I, uh, before my accident, like a week before my accident was the deadline for us to put in for elk. So we put in for bull elk here in Arizona. And when I got out of the hospital, I asked my, my mom was staying with us uh, until we figured things out. Um, she I asked her, I said, Hey mom, did I get anything from game and fish? She goes, yeah, you got a little envelope. And I was like, crap. Or actually I was like, cool. Then crap. I, uh, cool. I got drawn, but crap, I'm blind. How am I going to hunt? And yeah. so I went through trying to figure out things of, how can I do this? And we had, we came across a uh, went to a gunsmith that was going to help us come up with an idea. And there was a guide there named Rex Coons. He was from uh, the Navajo Game uh, Navajo Guides Association. He told us about a guy named Mike Sanders in New Mexico who's completely blind and uses a camera system, which is pretty much what I was trying to reinvent. Um, the camera system was from Arrow Solutions uh, out of Grapevine, Texas. Essentially, it fits on your rifle scope and sends the image that, well, I should be seeing, to a viewer and whoever I'm hunting with just tells me up, down, left, right, shoot. Um, and it works really well. The, the cool thing about the system is, you know, it, if I were to hand my rifle to my hunting partner to take a quick follow-up shot, they don't have to remove anything. It doesn't obstruct your view. Um, and that's the system I used for about, well, up until recently here where I switched over to Tacticam. Um, the Tacticam system does the same thing. The only benefit is it's wireless. Now, uh, so, now when you say wireless, Dan, do you mean uh, Bluetooth or do you mean... Uh, uh, the, the, ca- the camera itself emits its own Wi-Fi signal. Okay. Um, so it sends what I should be seeing to, uh, well, I, my iPad okay. or iPhone or even Android. And it, it works the exact same way. They can control the cameras through the app. Um, the 5.0 cameras are newest, latest, and greatest ones. Even have a remote control that you can control up to five cameras with. So it's it's an for me and our applications for it, it's an amazing system. Plus, now, it's 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 more cost effective. Now, do you have to have um, cell signal? In, in other words, if if you was to turn on your your iPhone um, to make no. it a hotspot, or can it be anywhere it, because it emits its own signal, right? It, it can be anywhere, yeah. The, the camera itself emits its own Wi-Fi signal. Um, so it's you connect your iPhone or iPad to it or whatever you're using, uh, just like you're trying to fi- acquire the Wi-Fi signal at your house. Okay. Uh, it's, it's Yeah, the, the camera emits, emits its own signal. Um, and it, the, the cameras are really easy to use, especially for me. Some other applications I've tried, uh, looked into were very cumbersome and i wasn't able to really control it myself um the tacticam cameras is simple as soon as you turn you hit one button it vibrates twice and it turns on and it's immediately recording you hit the same button again it pauses the recording and it vibrates to let me know wow. um there, there's another button where i hit that uh right behind the on button there's a, a button for the wi-fi um 
you have to pause it and then you hit that one button it vibrates again and it turns on the wi-fi system uh and then i acquire it through my ipad and thankfully ipads and uh, iphones have voiceover built in so i can control that completely on my own then i just hit the then i hit that one record button take it off pause and it's recording away Mike, can you can you see this as an application for high level quadriplegics? Uh, Absolutely, I I can see it for not only high level quads, but anybody with a disability or even able body. When it comes down to people wanting to do their own filming, but can you imagine quadriplegics jumping in and you got a high level quad that wants to video his own hunt? And so not only do you have the hand dexterity issues, now you're really getting technology involved with making shots with. You know, like we said, sip and puff trigger mechanisms last time, and then you add in the aspect of being able to see and video your own hunt. Or, yeah. or, 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 or a young person that you want to make sure that uh, it is a good, clean, ethical shot. And if, Absolutely. And if you're double-checking it on your iPhone or your iPad, and uh, you got everything lined up in the crosshairs, you could give that young hunter a uh, go-ahead or a thumbs-up and let them take the shot. You know, it could be a training tool. I could see a lot of applications for that Tacticam, and it's FTS 5.0. Is that, is that the newest model, Dan? Well, the, the, the cameras are the, – the newest camera is their 5.0 camera. Um, and that what that has is it has eight times optical zoom, 4K Ultra HD recording. Um, that's the 5.0 camera. The FTS is a separate attachment that you need to get. Um, FTS stands for Film Through the Scope. And yeah. that attaches to the scope and makes it so that the camera can look, essentially send the image, record the image through the scope. But like I said, the cool thing about it is if I'm hunting with somebody and a follow-up shot needs to be taken, I can hand that right over to somebody else and that won't, it won't impede their view down my scope. Right. And so it, it's great. And like I said, that's one of the things I was going to mention too, was that it's got a lot of different applications. I mean, you're recording your own shot. But you can also help those inexperienced hunters make sure they're taking an ethical shot or, you know, making sure that their shot placement is going to be where it should be. Um, they have a bunch of different attachments for it. Uh, um, like you were mentioning, Mike, uh, there's a head mount so you can wear it on your head. You can't, you know, record by shaking your head. There's a, a bow mount that'll hook to a, bow, a regular bone arrow uh, compound bow stabilizer. Uh, there's different mounts for one will attach it to a Picatinny rail. Uh, another one will attach to a scope uh, on top of a scope or to a barrel. Uh, there's it's it's really versatile. And it, it it sounds like a good opportunity, and it's not uh, really expensive for you know adaptive equipment. I've looked at the uh, FTS uh, adapter. I think it was one thirty nine or one forty nine, and then of course you have to buy the camera itself, but I think they have a, an, a complete system for uh, shooters for about five forty nine online, uh, or something you know similar to that. And I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just saying, as far as um, adaptive equipment, it's it's not Absolutely. astronomical like some of the stuff we have to buy. Uh, sure, exactly. And you know, I I I am a Tacticam team member because I, I I believe in the product, but I am not the salesman. Gotcha. So I'm you know I'm gotcha. not trying to push any product here, but. One of the things is, like, for a visually impaired person, you know, the, the, the eight times optical zoom, you don't need it. Um, you can actually get away using one of the first Tacticams that came out, 
the solo camera, which okay. is about half the less than half the price of the 5.0 camera, if, uh, and that works fine with the FTS. If you want all the bells and whistles, it always costs cost extra, you know. Uh, yes, sir. So if if people would have questions about uh, setting up a system like that, would they be able to contact you, Dan, and would you be able to guide them through uh, what works and, and what's the most economical and, and uh, all sure, that? Yeah, by all means, I, I can easily be emailed at noexcusehunting at gmail.com. Um, again, that's noexcusehunting at gmail.com. Uh, I do have a Facebook page. It's noexcusehunting. Um and it would be, I, I'm better at email than I am at Facebook. I can post stuff, but <laughs> Facebook's got some challenges for me. Sure, sure. It's, it's definitely easier to email with the with the screen reader and JAWS, I'm sure. Um, oh, yes, sir. And, Dan, you've, you've got some experience taking some big games, so you're just not, uh, you know, talking out of school. Uh, what's some of the, the big game animals you've, you've taken since, since your injury? Uh, since losing my sight, um, I've taken buffalo, an antelope, both of those were in New Mexico. Uh, I took a five by six bull elk, a cow elk, um, a coos white tailed deer, which is uh, for all you East folks, folks, picture a, they're a little white tailed deer, uh, picture a German shepherd with antlers. Um, they're pretty small. And uh, let's see, what else did I get? Oh, I, I took a hog. Um, the coos white tail I took with a crossbow at 50 yards. And that cow elk I shot uh, was at 555 yards with a 300 wind mag. Wow. Wow. Impressive. Not, not too bad for a blind guy. No. Uh, uh, you do all right. <laughs> uh, actually, what's going oh, to be really interesting coming up here is in September. Um, September is the opening day of dove season. And I just purchased a new shotgun, so I'm going to go out and well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a couple of shots here at Doves. I'm gonna go through a bunch of shells, but that's okay. They're lighter when they're empty. Yeah, you go. Dan, you you can't be any worse at dove hunting than I am at hunting pheasants. I'm gonna tell you that right now. And uh, I always manage to get a couple. Uh, every year we have some groups that sponsor some pheasant hunts, and it's just great being out there. You know, whether we get anything or not. Mike, you you can attest to this. You and I have, have talked. It's not not about the kill and not about you know, putting your tag on something. Uh, no, it's about making that memory, man. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah, no, right. Mike, Mike, you're off in uh, what, South Carolina, North Carolina? South Carolina, yep, South Carolina. Yes, sir. Very cool. It, it's, we, got, uh, we got folks from all over the U.S., man. That's what makes this thing so great, being able to podcast, is just seeing that, you know, no matter where you live geographically, that everybody's got an issue of some sort. We just happen to have a disability of sorts, but all three of us still have the same passion to continue to push forward. Yes, sir. Now you, you guys can do. You, you guys out there in uh, South Carolina can do a bunch of hog hunting stuff, can't you? Oh yeah, yeah. We have hog hunting just about year long. You know, they're considered almost a predatory animal because they're so destructive. So they have an open season on them. You can um, in South Carolina, you can shoot them, coyotes, uh, fox. You know, a lot of those animals year long. Yeah, in Arizona, we don't have a we don't have a wild hog population problem. I mean, there's there's a couple around here somewhere, supposedly, but I've never seen them. Uh, I've gone up to a place out here called the Blue Rooster Ranch, uh, which is yeah. a oh, it's one of those hunting hunting ranches you can go on to. 
they charge you for the hogs and they have other exotics. But last last year I put on a hunt where I took a couple, some disabled folks out. Um, and one of the guys who's got muscular dystrophy and uh, is in a wheelchair, he took a 600-pound hog. I, wow. That thing was huge. No doubt. That's I'm a ton of, ton of barbecue. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think he's still eating on it. <laughs> Whoever came up with the name Blue Rooster Ranch, uh, I, I kind of wanted to have a, have a beverage with that guy and and uh, talk about his marketing strategy. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Tom, the guy's name is Tom Caldwell, and I, I'm actually going to try and put on another hunt coming up there probably in November when it cools off a bit. It's just too hot out here right now to go hunt. I, yeah. I can't imagine. Now, Mike, you had put this on uh, Facebook on the Roar page this morning, and I think you got some questions that uh, you wanted to ask um, from from uh, people on Facebook. Uh, yeah, we had a couple different ones. You know, like what's the most difficult aspect of hunting with a visual impairment? Is it target acquisition, picking up on the game, judging distance, judging distance, etc.? What's the what's the hardest part about all of it? I know you work with a partner, but what's the hardest part for you and the partner to come up with? Well. Uh, the biggest key for it is communications. Um, you know, target acquisition is, is a challenge, and, you know, you're, you're – I, I guess the person you're hunting with has got to be confident in what they're telling you, and they've got to be clear in their instructions. You know, yeah. typically when – if I have to make big movements, it's left, 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 left. And the slower they, the slower they get to where they're telling me it, left, left, um, then I know that I'm getting closer to the target than I left a hair. And I know yeah. once they start saying a hair, I'm getting ready to, 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 to feel the recoil. Um, yeah. So it's left, 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 up, up, left, right, a hair, fire. And usually by the time I hear this, I'm feeling the recoil. <laughs> yeah. So... Dan, do, uh, do you pull the trigger, or does somebody else? Or um, no, sir, no, I'm in, no, it, no, I'm in full control of my rifle. Uh, okay. All they're doing is essentially just taking, you know, seeing what I should be seeing. Okay. Um, so I'm in full control, safety, um, getting the getting everything lined up. You know, they they might get me in the same in the right zip code where I need to be. Absolutely. But after that, it's all I'm, you. I'm pretty much in charge of everything. I got you. I had a question. You were talking about. Um, you're talking about the Tacticam. When you have it mounted with your cell phone or iPhone or whatever on, how close does that come to your face? I just know, you know, some of the guys with with high powered rifles. I was just curious as to, you know, how close that would be when you when you get ready to fire. Um, you know, I honestly I don't know the exact distance, but I'm using a 300 wind mag, mm-hmm. so and I've got a muzzle brake on, so the recoil is not too bad. Um, as long as you've got a a, a quality optic that's got a good eye relief. Yeah, um, it, it works just fine. I don't think it would be an impairment. Um, if I if I can jump in there, guys, just looking at the videos online, the um, the actual iPad or the iPhone like doesn't attach to the scope. Yeah, like uh, like a G line uh, scope uh, mount. Um, the iPhone or the the iPad is still handheld, so it. It uh, uses like a uh, periscope, yeah. Um, with with the uh, with the camera, so it doesn't add that much uh, to your eye relief or take away that much 
you know, on the eye relief. Yeah, I've got some, I got something similar. It doesn't it doesn't have the Tacticam six, uh, the, the attachment itself, but it sits on your rifle scope. It's a it's an aluminum mount that holds your iPhone. I was just curious with the higher calibers because I shoot a three oh eight, and so I was just wondering would like the three hundred Win Mag, you know, seven millimeter, and you know when you start stepping it up, how much that was going to jolt that camera and how much it would change the you know the, the visual yep. itself of the camera yeah you know uh, i don't I, I, in my experience so far um it hasn't been a problem gotcha um you know obviously you know the better scopes have a little bit more of an eye relief sure so that'll give you a little extra distance i think the i i want to say that the text cam will stick out maybe an inch and a half the, the FTS mount will stick out but maybe an inch and a half past the scope. Okay. And then the tech cam itself, the camera itself is running parallel with the scope. Um, so that you, there's, so far it has not been a problem. Sure, sure. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, you do see that we've all seen the videos in the past where, you know, somebody was shooting a high-powered rifle and they did get scoped by it. Yeah. So I, I, I suppose it could be a problem, but... You know, one of the things I also learned through my my experiences here as a as a blind hunter, one of the leading causes of uh, retinal detachment and visual problems for hunters is shooting a high powered rifle. Yeah. So, one of the things that I always recommend to folks is, you know, if you're shooting something that's got a decent recoil to it, put a put a muzzle muzzle break. On break. It. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I there. I was shocked when I, when I was reading up some stuff about um, visual impairment in hunting and it's mentioned, you know, the high recall. I never thought about it before. Mm-hmm. I was always trying to be, you know, manly. All I could take the recoil. And, you know, even though the next day my shoulder might be hurting after a good day of shooting, you know, get a muzzle break. Absolutely. Um, save your vision. Sure. We, we always got to be conscious of uh, safety in the outdoors, especially when we're relying on people to help us and, you know, they, they want us to be safe and uh, not only for ourselves, but other people around us. And sometimes with a muzzle break, though, the, the uh, sound is amplified so much. Um, whenever I was, you know, rifle hunting last year, I actually took my break off because I didn't want the extended sound coming back in a ground blind. Um, so always, always test this stuff out, you know, at the range and, and develop a good plan on it. Sure. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, one of the things I've always, like with me now for being visually impaired, I am so worried about my vision or my hearing. Right. Because uh, the last thing I want to do is, you know, be blind and have hearing issues. So I make sure I invested in a good pair of, uh, you know, earmuffs. Uh, mm-hmm. They're electronic. They have the sound dampening in them. Yeah. And that works out really well. Yeah. Uh, and, the, you know, the earmuffs are not very expensive. You know, 50, 60 bucks, you can get a good pair of electronic headphones. Yeah. They amplify the sound of talking to somebody, uh, but they're, they, they have uh, decibel limiters in them, so they uh, deaden the sound of that 300 going off. Yeah. And like, like you said, with a muzzle brake on it, it is not quiet. No. Exactly. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer in protecting your hearing because it only takes one time to to lose it and you know if we're shooting high power rifles or even 22s it's just more comfortable when you don't go home with ringing ears and you know sa- safety is a is a priority and when we know better we do better so yeah uh, that's, yes sir that's that's the public uh uh speech for the day huh boys yeah, there you go yeah. a public service announcement for the day yes, sir. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
Dan, I had a couple more questions that some of the guys had asked. Uh, you ever done any long-term hunts, like camp hunts, where they mule pack you in? Or I know being out where you guys are, you got a, a, a greater opportunity to do it than than here in the South. But didn't know if you've ever done any of those hunts. Um, not as a blind guy, no. Yeah. Um, I have done. I I haven't taken a, a horseback ride, but I've gone out and camped in the woods. Uh. And done some elk hunting that way, uh, but I gotta admit, you know, I'm I'm getting a bit older, um, and I gotta admit, there's something about a warm bed, hot shower, and cold <laughs> beer after the hunt. You know, I, yeah. every day, I, I've gotten a bit spoiled. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. You know, there, there's no need in being Superman. I don't mind and get out and roughing no. it and and doing the whole John Wayne thing, but at the same time, I like a nice, comfortable bed and a, and a, a nice saddle, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I think exactly. we're, we're all we're all three about fifty or fifty two or so, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. I, I'm I'm pushing forty seven. Yeah. Oh, you're 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 the young man in the group then. Yeah, I just turned forty seven, yeah, so we're we're right there. Well, <laughs> well, that makes me the old man then. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, we gotta respect our elders. We'll be nice. <laughs> Somebody's got to lead the pack, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> something I'm rarely accused of is leading from the front anymore. But, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, boys. Not a problem. Uh, you know, uh, speaking, of, speaking about doing one of those horseback rides, you know, I, I keep looking at one. Um, I get a list of some hunts available through guides and everything. And you know what? I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't really uh, – I haven't done it yet. Yeah. I, I'd like to. Um, I think that would be a, a really cool experience. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's fun. You know, one of the things you're talking about, like, what's one of the important things I need with a guide? Well, I'm not exactly stealthy going through the woods anymore because one, I've been hiking up and down a mountain and you know trying to hustle off to get to get to where I can get a shot, and I'm I'm holding on to my guy's backpack and I've got this uh, blind cane. Like I said, it's a stick with a knob on the end of it, but um, it's camouflage. So I'm trying to use that to go, and it's 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 pretty sturdy, uh, and so I can use that as a a hiking stick as well. Um, but yeah, one of the things with you know my guy. Sometimes they don't necessarily remember that I'm back there, and so they'll duck going underneath a branch and forget to tell me. Yeah, um, yeah. that's happened a few times. So you know, of course, I'm finding the ones that are about four head high. That's a true buddy there that uh, ducks or let, lets the switch come back, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, oh, I forgot to tell you. Yeah, thanks. As I'm picking up my hat and sunglasses. Yeah. Well, me and Greg can me and Greg can relate to that non-stealthy thing. You know, it's just. There's something about the outdoors and wheelchairs. They just do not coincide. You know, it's, it's hard to be it's hard to be stealthy in a chair. That's exactly right. We, we got to set up an ambush and lay, lay and wait uh, at least an hour or so and let things settle down. Yeah. Um, Dan, I, I was wondering if you had any advice to, to somebody that has a visual impairment or blind or I, I know you kind of chuckle at visual impairment uh, sometimes. And uh, I was just wondering if you, you know, we, we make fun of each other and uh, ourselves. We don't, we don't take it too seriously uh, because we want people to talk to us and, and talk about it. And uh, what advice would you give somebody that maybe just recently lost their sight or what, what would you uh, want to say to somebody to encourage them to, to follow in your path? Well, you know, for me, I am like, kind of going back to what you said about, you know, being visually impaired, kind of chuckling at it. Yeah. I'm not visually impaired. I am blind. There's no impairment about it. I, I can't see a thing. 
for me, visually impaired, visually impaired means, well, you can see something. It just may not be really useful. Uh, and, you know, there's different degrees of it. If you want to get out and hunt and you have a visual impairment, reach out to some of the organizations in your area. Every state, every, every area has groups that get out and hunt and do stuff. Reach out to them. Find out. You know, like here we've got the Arizona Elk Society. When I when I lost my eyesight, I reached out to them, and I said, "Okay, you know, have you guys helped uh, helped out disabled hunters in the past? You know, and well, have you ever helped out a blind guy?" Uh, of course, my answer was no. Uh, so, I we kind of all put our heads together. That's the big thing. Everything is a network. If if you call someplace and they don't know, they can't help you. They probably know somebody that can. Um, so if somebody's visually impaired and they want to get out and figure out how to hunt, shoot, whatever, you know, reach out, you can email me at no excuse hunting at gmail.com. I'd be happy to, you know, try and figure out stuff. One of the things I'm doing for my website that if I can ever get it built, no excuse hunting.com is I've got a list of, um, all the states and all the game and fish offices in the state and whether or not they have accommodations for folks. Uh, who are impaired in some way. Uh, now, one of the things I found out was like in New Hampshire, when I called them to ask about, you know, hey, you know, do you let blind people hunt? Uh, they told me no, that it's actually illegal for blind people to shoot. So I thought, wow, that's really, really interesting. Um, and one of the things I also learned was not every state has the same law. So I guess the best thing to do would be first start off with your state. Figure yeah. out what the laws and accommodations are. With me living here in Arizona, the coolest thing is Arizona's pretty forward thinking in this in what they've got. Like uh, we have what's called the champ permit, or they even have champ tags. The champ permit allows me to um, I can hunt from a vehicle, I can shoot from that vehicle, mm. uh, I can go further off road. If I wound an animal, I can have a hunting partner. Um, finish the ammo. Give a give a quick follow up shot. Yeah. Um, they're called dispatch tags, and I, I can use a crossbow during archery season. Uh, a lot of states have different ones, so the best best thing to do would be start off with your state, figure out what they allow, what they don't allow. One thing I was really disappointed to learn was a lot of states have accommodations for folks, but it's only if you're a disabled veteran. Yeah, if you've if, if you're not a veteran, well, it, it's almost like if you're not a veteran, well, forget you. Yeah. You know, it, and I, I think that's really disappointing. Like Texas, I wanted to go to Texas and do some hunting there, but I was told that, well, you're not a veteran, so, you, you know, you got to hunt like everybody else. I'm like, well, I can't. Um, and I mean, veterans and kids, you know, great. Those are groups that we really need to focus on. Veterans that have, are disabled and serve, their, serve our country. You know, they deserve everything that they can get. But what about the rest of us? Some of us, you know, we're some folks who were born with a disability, so they don't have the opportunity to be a veteran. Like for me, I'm diabetic. I turned, I became diabetic when I was just before I graduated high school, and I did want to join the military, but well, they wouldn't take me. I um, I, I don't think that you're saying you know don't accommodate veterans and. And, you know, nobody would nobody would say that, but you're just trying to advocate for people with disabilities and, and try to ask for accommodations in, in uh, you know, a exactly, si- yeah, similar I, I, way. I, so Exactly, yeah, I, did, I didn't mean to give that impression. Oh, no, no, no. I, I um, want to 
veterans are very deserving, and I I just want, I I think everybody should be included. Exactly, and and how how I kind of explain that philosophy to people is, you know, accessibility is not not like a pie. And if you give somebody else a a slice of the pie, it doesn't take away from your slice of the pie, Mm -hmm. you know? And we should all we should all be able to to get out and enjoy the outdoors and have the accommodations. And here in Pennsylvania, they do make a, a lot of accommodations for hunters with disabilities. Um, Mike, is South Carolina uh, pretty good about that? For, for they you? they I, are. I know you're you're a veteran as well. So yeah, they, they're very accommodating. You know, it's it's almost you know like you guys were talking about. They're very forward thinking, and they offer a uh, lifetime hunting and fishing license for free. For folks with disabilities, your doctor just has to chime in some statements and, you know, they have to use certain keywords as, you know, paraplegia, quadriplegia, you know, that kind of stuff. And it goes through the state. And, yeah, they're very forward thinking in that. It's the same thing. I can hunt out of a vehicle where, you know, other people can't. Um, I can use a crossbow during archery season, that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's a lot like what Dan was saying, you know, being being a Marine Corps vet, being a disabled vet. It's not a knock on anybody. Um, we're not nobody's saying that at all. It's that there's so many grants out there for vets. You know, when I started our nonprofit Roar, it was the same thing. For for vets, I can find grants. For a blue collar guy, there's 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 limited and few and far between. So it just makes it it, it makes it a little, another little hurdle that we kind of have to jump through to try to do it. But you know, I don't I don't take that as a knock on anyone. Sure, no, and and no nobody would uh, would be saying that for no. sure. Um, was was there anything else dan that uh we didn't cover that, that you wanted to talk about today in the in the podcast oh well um i think well, you know one of the one of the hunts I, I, that's on my bucket list to get done i really want to do uh i want to go moose hunt man wouldn't you know, that I, be cool I, that, that, that's one big treasure i want to go after uh, i keep looking at some of these uh I get listings from some of the guide services and everything, and you know, going for an Alaskan moose—that sounds fun. But whew, I, them, they're a bit proud of them hunts. They're, they're yeah. Price yeah. Um, so I keep looking at. Uh, I found some some in Canada for you know, like sixty five hundred dollars. Now that by no stretch is cheap, but for a moose hunt, hey, that sounds pretty good to me. Absolutely. One of these days, I'm gonna do that. We may have to work on a Groupon thing. We may have to figure out if there's a hunting Groupon out there. <laughs> it, it may take all three of us to pull that out without, uh, using every means at, at our disposal to, to pull Dan's moose out, but I'd like to be a part of something like that yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know? I, I, th- I think that would be a hoot. I've talked to a few of them where you know, they say you're floating down a, a ra- floating down a river on a raft waiting for a, um, you know, looking for a moose. And one of the things I always do is uh, I recommend to folks, you know, if find a guide. Now, granted, guides are, are not cheap. They get paid for what they do. But, you know, if you're out hunting for the first time, you're in a new area, find a guide. I mean, you're, you've already invested money in the hunt to get, you know, tags and equipment. You may as well go a little bit more and try and find a way to make your, your hunt successful. Mm-hmm. One of the things I always do is I'll call up a guide. Um, I go to a lot of these banquets and uh, at the banquets are always raffling off hunting trips or, you know, guide services or you know, auctioning things off. That's a great way to go because sometimes you can get a hunt at a good price. But one of the things I do is I find out who the hunts are ahead of time mm-hmm. and I'll 
I'll call that guy up and say, do you have any experience with, uh, you know, visually impaired or with uh, just taking folks just, that are disabled? Oh, yeah, we do. You know, we've taken these guys out. Well, have you ever hunted with a blind guy? And it's like, uh, no. <laughs> so yeah, I always check ahead of time. And the big thing is. And, and you can't beat experience. You know, you're paying for the guide for their, their property, for their leases, for their knowledge. And you don't want to guide to guide. But sometimes as a person with a disability, you can be the first and, you know, guide them on future hunts, what they thought would be really difficult. Like when I tell people I'm a quadriplegic, they may think, oh, it's an impossible task. But yeah. once, I, once I sit down and start explaining my needs to them and, you know, basically I just need a ramp to, to get in your lodge or a hotel that's uh, accessible. And, you know, I, I've got my transportation to the to the hunt, to the ground blind, that kind of thing. So. Sometimes it's an educational thing two ways that you're educating the guide and they're educating you as well, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And one of the things that I think is, you know, have that conversation. Don't be afraid. And like, when, I, when I talk to guys, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, do, you think, have you, do you have experience with folks with disabilities? And they'll say, yes. I'm like, well, have you ever hunted with a blind guy? And they're like, well, how's that work? Right. Um, so I explained it to them. And then after that, they're like, oh, yeah, well, shoot, we can do this. That's no problem. That's right. Um, and... So I'm sure it's kind of the same with you guys. Once you explain kind of what you need and get the guide or organization or whatever over that fear or I don't say fear, but a lack of knowledge. Sure. And let them know what you need. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's not so bad. Yeah, we can definitely make this happen. And it's the apprehension of any, any first time, you know, whether you're, whether you're a first time hunter or first time guide guiding a, a blind a blind hunter there's a lot of apprehension there then after you do it you know you're, you're good with it. it and if you have a good experience you're willing to do it again you know yeah. that, that goes on both ends yes sir exactly uh mike you, you got any other uh questions or any, any hunts coming up or anything that uh would like to talk about before we wrap things up for the day um, no, we're good, man. We we covered mine on on this end last week. I didn't know if Dan had anything coming up. He talked about a few things that he had. Um, you got anything coming up uh, in the near future, Dan? That that you got going on? Yeah, well, we got we got a couple things going on. Um, August tenth, I'm putting on um, that expo, the No Excuse Hunting and yeah. NWTF AZ Wheeling Sportsman's Outdoors Expo here at Bass Pro Shop in Mesa. Uh, and uh, like I said, that that's coming up on August 10th. Got a lot of folks coming out there. Uh, I'm having lists of vendors and exhibitors on my Facebook page. I'm slowly putting out. I also list stories of, uh, some of my past hunts as a blind man on my, uh, Facebook page on September. Is it eighth or ninth? I forget the date off the top of my head, but coming up in September is when I'm going to be doing that hunt uh for dove and then coming up i have um uh i'm gonna be going deer uh, deer hunting i got a mule deer tag for out here in arizona so i'm nice. looking forward to doing that but that's in november um and what i'd like to do is i've got a few things coming up for, as surprises for some folks at the uh at that expo i'd like to tell you about that later coming up after the expo because i don't want to ruin the surprise for some folks We'll, we'll definitely have uh, you back on and we'll find out how the expo went. And, you know, there's, there's so much to talk about. I'm, I'm sure we could go on, you know, for a whole afternoon. And um, I appreciate you guys doing this and 
advocating for others. That's, that's what we're really trying to do is get the word out about lots of disabilities and try to form a network across the United States where people can call in, give us questions and kind of enlighten, uh, you know, the, the masses here. So guys, I, I appreciate you being on today and I look forward to talking with both of you again in, in the future here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Sounds good, Greg. I appreciate it. And thank you, Dan. It was fantastic, man. Uh, thank you, Mike. Yes, sir. Absolutely, boys. Have a good afternoon. You too. You too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today, folks. Check back soon for another episode. And remember, when it comes to the outdoors, no matter how you get there, get there.